Hello, and welcome to the Present Moment Podcast. I'm Molly Ross Furman. I'm the Executive Director for the Integris James L. Hall Jr. Center for Mind, Body, and Spirit, where we are always working to create a more compassionate and open-minded model of health care and health education for our patients and the community. We focus not only on the physical dimensions of health and healing, but the mental, psychological, social, and spiritual dimensions as well. We believe where the mind goes, the body will follow. Welcome to our third episode of the Present Moment Podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, Lori Dash. Hi, Lori. Hi, Molly. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Molly. Hi, Lori. (laughs) We welcome Lori to our show. Lori Dash is proud to be a certified meditation teacher through the 400-hour teaching training program at the DEN Meditation Center in Los Angeles. She has studied mindfulness and mindful heart practices through the UCLA MAPS program classes, completed an additional compassion and forgiveness training, as well as studied self-compassion with Kristen Neff. She took her 200-hour yoga teacher training with Soul Yoga's Allison Candelaria, and she is currently in her second year of the Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Certification Program with Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock through Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. In addition, Lori has an advanced certification in the Integrative Omri Method of Yoga Nidra. Lori currently teaches Yoga Nidra for the Integris Cancer Institute Tuesday and Thursday evenings, as well as teaches meditation at Soul Yoga and maintains a private practice of clients from all over America. Lori is passionate about bringing meditative practices to the healthcare community, including patients, caregivers, and all healthcare professionals. Welcome to our podcast, Lori. Thank you so much, Molly and Joe. It's such a privilege to be here, and I'm so excited to chat with you today. Well, we're excited to chat with you. And Lori, you took such an interesting path to becoming a meditation teacher. And we know you lived out in Hollywood for a while, and you were a really successful television producer for TV shows such as The Doctors. Yes. (laughs) That is really super cool. Uh, Tell our listeners today, how did you land in Oklahoma City? Uh, Well, so yes, I did take a very interesting path to becoming a meditation teacher and moving to Oklahoma City. Uh, My husband, Ford Austin, is a native of Oklahoma City. We were living in Los Angeles together, and uh, I was producing television, and he was making movies and acting. And in the middle of all of this, he got into a really catastrophic car accident. And um, catastrophic in really an epic kind of way, like they told me had 1% chance to live. When the emergency vehicles brought him to the hospital the night of the accident, he died when he got to the ER and he was clinically dead for three minutes. They brought him back. He came back. They didn't know if he would have brain damage from that. or um, He died again on the operating table that night. He had such severe internal injuries. And then once in front of me in the ICU, and that was horrible. So we had this sort of epic experience 
And um, I can tell you that, you know, I'm knocking wood. Thank goodness he survived. He, he's thriving now. He made a full and complete recovery. Um, and it was years of our life, you know, together. And we went through it together. And the funny thing about it is, um, for me, I'm that kind of person that when something like that happens, that just shifts and changes your entire life. Okay, how can I get back to what I was doing? How can I put that square peg in that round hole? I'm, I'm eager to get back. And we did that for a little while, and it just became increasingly more and more clear that the life choices that I'd made prior to the accident weren't supporting me anymore. We, number one, wanted to spend more time together. I wanted to pursue um, more spiritual avenues, things that I had hoped would help people. I felt like I had been through something so epic that there is a gift in that. There is a really beautiful silver lining when you go through something and emerge from it mm -hmm. that you can help other people because of that. And I felt like I wanted to give in some way to other people going through difficult health issues. So one day, my husband and I, we looked at each other and we just said, we want to spend more time together. We want to change our lives. And he, it was his suggestion. He said, let's move back to Oklahoma City. He said, you know, there's a home there that needs tender, loving care that we could live in. We could be with my family. And I said, okay. I, like, I didn't even question it. And it was so funny because the next day I went in to see my boss, who I'd worked with for a long time at ABC, and we were doing um, a digital platform for moms at that time. And I sat down with her, and I gave her two months' notice, and she knew me well. And I said, you know, I really just want to change direction in my life. I want to do something else, something that has a little bit more meaning to me. And she said, oh, you know, that's great. Awesome. Thank you for the two months. By the way, as I was walking out the door, look at this place, the den, the, the execs at NBC, they're, they're interested in it. Maybe we can do a segment on it. So I went home and I did a deep dive into this place I'd never heard of in Los Angeles called the den, this meditation studio. And as I'm researching it, I see they have a 400-hour teacher training program. I didn't even think. I signed up for it then and there. And I, it just changed my life. That was the beginning of my studying and growing and finding myself in meditation. Wow. That is just such an incredible story. And I've known Ford for a really long time and Ford's family. And I just have to say I'm so grateful that he's okay. Yeah. And he's fully recovered, and he's mm -hmm. doing great things, and he's he's kind of a big-time actor. I've seen him in a couple <laughs> movies. Go forward. Well, just this past summer, uh, what's uh, Digging digging to Death. Digging to Death. Yeah. yeah. He's, I, I can't believe I, like, spaced on the name of my husband's movie. Great. Um, yeah, he's quite wonderful in it. He's very talented, and he's doing a lot of other things to help the community, too. Sure. He also feels this drive to make a difference in a way that can be impactful and positive in people's lives. Well, we are so glad that you are in Oklahoma City, Lori Dash. You are such a gift to all of us. And I'm wondering, so how did you come to be a yoga nidra practitioner? Because, you know, we've all heard of yoga. Mm-hmm. 
But when I tell people, hey, we teach Yoga Nidra at the Integris Cancer Institute, they kind of get this weird look on their face, like, what's Yoga Nidra? So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about what Yoga Nidra is? Of course. So um, let me just backtrack and say that I came to discover that I did my first Yoga Nidra when I was 16 years old. I was in a pre-college drama program at Carnegie Mellon run by a mime and yogi named Jewel Walker. And one day he did it for us. And I remember feeling amazing afterwards, like I had never felt. I didn't know what happened during it. I'd gone in and gone out in consciousness, but it was amazing and I'd never felt that good. And then I kind of forgot about it. And I, I practice mindfulness and Buddhism practices, believe it or not, in my early 20s for two or three years. And then when I decided to become a television producer, I just let everything go because I don't have time for that. So I'm in this meditation teacher training program. And obviously, when you're in a program like that, you do a lot of meditating. And this was about uh, maybe six years after Ford's accident. So things were still raw in me. And during one of the practices, a lot of tears and fear came up for me about losing my husband. Um, you know, kind of like waiting for that shoe to drop, like things are okay now, but what if, God forbid, that arose. And I spoke to my teacher and she said, you know, I teach this class called Yoga Nidra. You should give it a try. It's really good for trauma. It's great for PTSD, for sleep issues. Just give it a shot. So I took the class and I realized it was what I did when I was 16 years old. And I fell in love with it all over again. She had another teacher training that she was teaching that was going on the same time as the 400 hours. And I literally remember I'm sitting at my desk in LA going, I can't do another teacher training. And I closed my laptop mm -hmm. and then I opened it again. I said, I can't pass this up. I can't not do this. This is what I feel called to do. I, I have to learn to teach Yoga Nidra. That's the kind of meditation I want to teach. Signed up, learned it, moved to Oklahoma City, started teaching it. To answer your second question, Yoga Nidra, Nidra is a Sanskrit word, the language of yoga, that means sleep. So it technically translates to yogic sleep. It is a meditation practice that you do lying down in whatever posture is supremely comfortable for you. For some people, that's lying on their back with a cushion under their knees or upper thighs. Some people that's lying on their side. Some people it's sitting up in bed with pillows behind them. I have a client who has restless leg syndrome who does it with her legs up the wall. So you do it in whatever posture feels really good and supported and that you can let go in. And unlike other meditation practices that I teach, there's no object of attention. In fact, in Yoga Nidra, it's a less doing. It's, it's letting go of what we want to do. The other distinction about Yoga Nidra that's really beautiful is it's a dropping below the mind. So it speaks to three layers of consciousness, your conscious mind, your unconscious, and your subconscious. So during practice, you're always kind of floating in between those consciousness states. And it's different every time you do it. It usually involves some breathing techniques, some energy awareness techniques, some mindfulness techniques, even visualizations. And all of that is part of this 45 to 50 minute nidra that I teach. 
it's bliss. I like to call it an hour of bliss. I was about to say, it sounds very blissful, very restorative, and very relaxing. It is a beautiful, beautiful reset for your body. Mm -hmm. And I like to say at the beginning of practice, this hour together now is a gift that you give yourself. This is a time when you don't have to think about anything. If you are a type A person like myself, who likes to fix and is always Mm -hmm. thinking and, and managing and controlling and trying to figure things out and prepare myself for things, this is a time when I just go, let it all go. I let it all go. And I just let whatever happens happen. And my body's restored. Now, from a neuroscience perspective, when you're in Nidra, it's it's really quite a beautiful state. Neurotransmitters and hormones get released, like dopamine, Mm -hmm. like serotonin, the feel-good hormone, melatonin. That's why it's so good for sleep. And also the neurotransmitter GABA, which is basically natural volume. Mm -hmm. So you're getting into this really relaxed state where your body can do what your body does best, which is heal itself. It's a healing state. It's a beautiful practice, and I've had the opportunity to do many sessions with you uh, out at the Integris Cancer Institute. And, you know, she talks about... um, Comfort is very key to the practice, and you kind of describe how people set themselves up at home, if you will, during COVID, because you offer it on Zoom. Uh, But when we were doing it, or when you were offering this out at the Cancer Institute, talk to me about kind of the special care that you took to set the room up, to really kind of set the stage for the participants. You know, when we first started doing that, or you started leading the classes out there, it was new to everyone. Mm. Talk a little bit or tell me why that is so important and key to really setting the stage for this great practice. I'm so glad that you asked that question. I do. I miss, by the way, being in person. I can't wait till we can do that again, although this practice is beautiful and lovely at home as well. Um, I like to think of it this way. Each time we step into a yoga nidra, you're taking a sacred journey towards yourself. You're letting go of all these worries, thoughts, concerns, physicality, everything to touch that part of yourself that is timeless, eternal, and unchanging. So you have this experience of touching something in you that you forgot about. You know that source energy that we are. So I like to stage the room, as it were, as a sacred space. It's a sacred journey. So the comfort is important because if you're thinking about how your body is hurting you, you're not going to drop below the mind. You're going to be thinking about my lower back is killing me. So that's why the comfort is so important. The other thing I do want to mention that we can't really do on Zoom because we haven't figured out the sound yet, but when we were at the Integris Cancer Center, my partner James Seagraves would play singing bowls with it, which just added a whole other dimension of... um, healing and energy work to the experience that was lovely. Uh, The other thing that, Joe, you so graciously provided at the Cancer Center were really cozy, soft mats. So when you're in a studio, that's super important. Um, I have Zabutons that I bring to the yoga studio that I teach at. At home, you can do it on your bed or a cozy couch. I always say to people, don't do it on the floor unless you have to. I mean, especially if you're at home, right. but you provided a blanket. It's so important to have a blanket because body temperature drops during Nidra because you're relaxing. 
blood pressure lowers, your heart rate lowers. It's this deeply, deeply relaxing state. Some people like to use eye pillows. Joe at Integris, you provided beautiful eye pillows, gave them out to everyone. Um, so I would, I would set the room. I think the words that best describe it is sacred space. Right. It's beautiful to see it uh, all come together because you would come before the class started and meditate and really create that space that was welcoming to all. And there's a lot of people that come to Yoga Nidra, especially when we first started. It, it was opened up to the community, to the staff, and to the patients there at the Integris Cancer Institute. And I know that you work with a lot of cancer survivors mm -hmm. here in Oklahoma and outside of Oklahoma. And I know that it has really been a profound practice uh, for them. Mm -hmm. What do you think um, is really kind of at the heart of that? Mm -hmm. um, that it really is kind of what those patients uh, are needing. You know, Sarah McLean, one of my teachers, said to me the other day that we are the answers and the practices we bring to someone else's prayers. And so that is really what you're bringing to those cancer patients. What do you think it is, what makes it so profound for them? That is so beautiful, um, what Sarah said, and thank you for asking that. I can tell you uh, two people that I've been working with for over a year that do Nidra twice a week with me. One of them is stage four pancreatic cancer. The other has had metastatic cancer throughout his body for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And for them, they have shared with me that it is such a profound, not only place of relaxation that they get to, but what I was trying to describe before, which is really hard to describe unless you've experienced a nidra, when you touch that part of yourself, and like I said, it's not always conscious, sometimes it's unconscious, but you remember that the truth of who you are is this beautiful source energy that is bigger than this physical body, that is bigger than any thoughts we think or feelings we have, but that is expansive, that can hold all of that. In Nidra, you have an experience of that, an embodied experience of that. You feel it, you know it, you remember it in your body. Nobody can take that away from you. I can only say that the people that I know that practice it, it supports them in their healing and in their life like nothing else. And ah, uh, I am so grateful for the practice. It's not me. It is this practice. This practice is an ancient practice. It's been mentioned in yogic texts for thousands of years, as far back as the Upanishads, which are the oldest yogic texts that exist. It's, um, it's, it's beautiful, and it ties into all of our common humanity. And then the other beautiful thing that has happened with our group at Integris is it's a community. Right. The same people come back, and there's this beautiful shared community there of, of healing and of supporting one another that is really special. Well, that's great. I know they love it. Um, when you were leading those classes back in the early days, 
you know, people coming, we just didn't really know how it was going to be received, really. The number of people that would show <laughs> up and do we set a room for 60? Do we set it for 10? You know, and I think at the first we were having about 30 people week after week and the classes really continued. And even through uh, COVID, you really never missed a beat. I mean, COVID started happening. The building was shut down and Lori, I called Lori to let her know. And she said, well, how do we do this via Zoom? And I mean, we were right back right up, back up, hmm. right back up, which speaks to how needed this is in our community and how yes. much our patients and people in the community are craving this this practice, this it's, restorative. Yeah, practice. we don't realize how much stress we're under. Mm -hmm. we, we walk around just absorbing stress all the time. And if you want to add on right. that a catastrophic illness. Yes or um, an illness with a diagnosis that's very challenging. Right. How do you handle all that? How do you hold that? You need a break from that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, you need to have some time when you can just get to that place where, hmm, I know everything's gonna be okay. Exactly. And that's for me where Nidra takes me. It's like that fresh reset. Reset, and I love that. And you both know I'm a cancer survivor. And I said that in our last podcast, going on 17 years now. And I, thank you, yay. Yay. Yay is right. And I really wish that this is something that would have been offered while I was going through my diagnosis and all of my treatments. Yeah. Because I got to tell you, it is not a walk in the park. It is, it's very scary and very stressful. And it would have been so nice to have Yoga Nidra as a practice that was offered. Um, so I'm so glad the Integris Cancer Institute offers that and has Lori to teach Yoga Nidra. And I forgot to say earlier, the theme um, of today's podcast is follow your heart, which I know your mom, she would often tell you that, correct? Yes. I love that you said that. Many of you know that my mom passed recently, and this is something that I hear her in my head saying all the time, follow your heart, Lori Joan, follow your heart, <laughs> honey. Aww. And um, it is, it is, uh, you know, I didn't mention that in Yoga Nidra, mm -hmm. we work with something called a sankalpa, which is uh, the yogic version of intentionality. In mindfulness, we call it intention. In Yoga Nidra, it's sankalpa. That Sanskrit word translated, this is a translation I heard from a very, very beautiful Yoga Nidra teacher, the creator of iRest, Richard Miller. He says, Sankalpa is that which arises from the heart and evolves over time. Oh, mm. that is beautiful. And we work with that's another part of the Nidra. Okay. You can begin to steer the course of your life without consciously working at it because right. we plant these seeds of intention very deeply yes. in practice. And that also makes me think of my inner voice, our inner voice, and how important it is to pay attention to that. And I'm wondering if you could give us a couple tips how to tap into our inner voice. I'd love to. Um, when you ask me that, the first thing that arises for me is, and you know, I teach mindfulness as well, and these are from mindfulness practices. There's something called the sacred art of pausing in mindfulness and the way that what that looks like for me is taking a minute a couple of times during the day closing my eyes 
putting the palm of my hand on my heart center because that helps me feel connected to my heart, breathing into that and just asking myself, what's going on? How am I feeling? What's arising? What's present for me right now in this moment? So that's something that I like to do periodically during the day. And especially if I get triggered, mm -hmm. then it's like, hello, calm down, <laughs> relax, take a breath, put your hand on your, part, your heart, return to this moment, right? Right. So that's one thing. The other thing that I would say, and this is specific to me because um, I'm very practiced in moving fast, very, very fast. My You're first... from New York. <laughs> well, I'm from New York. Then on top of that, my first job in television, big job, was at Access Hollywood, where I was Whoa. an entertainment news producer. So I had to write stories in an hour and a half every day, but they call it crashing. So as you know, Joe, from mindfulness, what you practice gets stronger. I'm very, very good at listening fast and moving fast mm -hmm. and doing things fast and creating fast and all of that. And what happens is... There's a lot I don't see. There's a lot I don't hear. Mm. So I say to myself, slow your roll. My teacher, Tara Brock, says, when you move half as fast, you see twice as much. Wow. So those are two really important practices that we can just incorporate in our lives off the cushion. Sure. Informally. You Slow know. your roll. I That's like going to that. be my new theme. She's going to be out mindfully walking. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, I wanted to share something with you when you said follow your heart yes. um, that arose for me. There is a uh, Persian poet, Sufi, named Rumi. I love Rumi. I love Rumi. This is a less well-known quote, and it really speaks to this. Rumi says, turning towards what you love saves you. Mm. Beautiful. Turning towards what you love saves you. And I can't even tell you the number of times when I'm stressed about something, if I'm worried about something, if I'm afraid of something, when I remember what I love, then I feel home, then I feel me, you know? Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. Well, Lori and Joe, I was gonna ask you if you would tell our listeners about the mindfulness program that you all are, all are planning for the Cancer Center. Joe, I'll let you take that. I'm so excited about it, but I want you to present well, it to everybody. Um, I'll start, but I can't take credit because Lori, uh, this was um, her idea. Um, and I loved it. And she actually sent a proposal to me and we actually have taken this to our volunteer board and we'll be starting this in the spring of 2022. And so it's a mindfulness and meditation program for our cancer survivors, those that are going through treatment. And um, each cancer survivor will have the opportunity to meet with Lori and Lori will spend some time mm -hmm. with them get an understanding of what they're going through, what they're facing, kind of where they are, meet them where they are. And then she'll put together a mindfulness and meditation plan. And we have a network of practitioners that we're building. And Molly, of course, all the practitioners you have and 
through the Speakers mm -hmm. Bureau at the Center for Mind, Body, and Spirit, and really pulling this network of practitioners together here and um, supporting those patients. And then the patients can work uh, with practitioners in four subsequent visits, and Lori will kind of find out where the patient is, what they mm -hmm. need, and then match them with a practitioner that can bring them a modality that best supports them. You guys, I'm so proud of you. Can I share how it arose? Please. Um, so this arose because this past summer, Joe had the opportunity to work with a patient going through cancer treatment who was having a hard time. And he brought me in and we shared this patient doing all kinds of different mindfulness practices and yogic practices and some coaching with this patient. And um, we kept track of it, almost like a, a mini clinical, non, uh, you know, uh, what's the word for it? Non-scientific, uh, but our own, uh, I don't know what the scientific term for it is. Do you know when you say it's your own version of a clinical trial? But yeah, we kept track a, of it. A, lay a layman's clinical trial. Yes. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Uh -huh. And we kept, I kept voluminous notes after each session and we saw marked improvement. We saw, because here's the thing, and Joe knows this because he's a mindfulness practitioner, we cannot change what happens to us. Mm -hmm. The only thing we can shift is our relationship to it. Right. And we mm -hmm. were able to help this person shift how they were holding treatment. And we just put our heads together. It's not just me. I just wrote the proposal, but this came from both of our hearts. Like, what can we bring to this community? And for me, I wanna serve the cancer community. Mm -hmm. I wanna bring anything and everything I've learned to these people and caregivers, because it's hard to be a caregiver too. I know that I've lived that, you know, epically with my husband. Um, these practices are needed and supportive and helpful and they make a difference incredible i think now's a good time to uh share with our listeners let's create an intention for the new year sure that sounds good so this is a very short version of something that i actually did you know there is a class at the Integris Cancer Center every Tuesday at noon that Joe leads and then I pinch hit when he gets busy with his day job <laughs> called Meditation for All. It's a 15, 20 minute class that's open to everybody at Integris, correct? And the community. We promote it in the community as well. How would one sign up, you guys? To learn more about uh, Meditation for Us All, uh, they can contact uh, Jackie at the Wellness Center at the Integris Cancer Institute and she can uh, send them the information. Her number is 405-773-6600. And we offer those in person and in Zoom. So we have a lot of staff that show up and then we have people um, that show up that are in different facilities from Integris, but also um, people out of state. We have someone that joins us from California every once in a while. So we open that up for everyone. Awesome. It's the beauty of Zoom. And also, yes. I just might add that if anybody's interested in Nidra, same phone number, right? Right. So for Yoga Nidra, and um, is contacting Jackie at 405-773-6600, and she will get you in contact with how to 
sign up and register or tune in to Lori's Yoga Nidra. Perfect. So this practice that I'm going to share is something that I did at Meditation for Us All yesterday. And this is a mindfulness practice. We're going to look at intentionality through the lens of loving kindness, kindness towards ourselves. So we're going to, you know, if you've ever done a loving kindness practice in mindfulness before, you're often given phrases by the practitioner. May I be happy, may I be healthy. They're always may I phrases because the may I is aspirational. And it's what you're aspiring towards, what you want to move your life into, right? And within that aspiration is it doesn't have to be happening now because we're moving towards mm -hmm. it. So it can be said at any time. It is possible to create a may I phrase for your life, for yourself, hmm. as an intentionality. I created one for myself in January of this year. I asked myself, you know, what is my loving kindness phrase for myself? And what arose for me was, may I allow my heart to guide me? Um, we practiced this yesterday, and a few people said things like, may I bring in more gratitude? or things like, may I embrace patience? So there's like a quality or something that we can look to and we can make this our own personal mantra mm -hmm. for the year, or I call it a loving kindness phrase. So that's what we're going to do. If you are driving, please pull over. Please <laughs> don't close your eyes. Um, if you are standing <laughs> anywhere, you might want to sit down. You might want to take a few moments just to be with yourself and get a little private time. I'm going to bring ring my little uh, Tibetan bell that I have here once to start the practice. And then I'm going to ring it again at the end. But let's just take a minute now to get cozy in your chair, wherever you are, wherever you're seated. You know, just feel your body just arrive into practice. If you are comfortable closing your eyes, I invite you to close your eyes. If you are not, you can pick a point on the ground away from a screen. But just begin by taking a deep inhale through the nose and a sigh on the exhale. Ah, just letting the day go. Gently close the lips. Begin to feel into your body, feeling it from the inside out. Allow the attention to move to your seat muscles, noticing where they make contact with your chair, with your cushion, wherever you're seated, noticing those points of pressure and contact. What do they feel like today? Maybe feeling the hug of gravity. Moving the attention to the face, softening the forehead and brow, softening all of the muscles in the face. Noticing sounds around you, letting them be exactly as they are.
Noticing your body breathing. Feeling into the breath, moving in and out of the body. And if you like, placing a palm on your heart center. Feeling the breath moving in and out of the heart. Feeling this connection to your heart, the center of love and kindness and care deep within you. Feeling energetically connected to your heart. And taking a moment in this space to notice the dreams and desires of your heart. What do you want your life to look like? How do you want to be in your life? Let any images arise. If there is a quality that you would like to bring more of into your life, what would that quality be? If you could have this quality every single day, it would make your life so much better. It would allow you to steer your life in the direction of your heart. Letting that word arise, create a may I statement around it. May I fill in the blank. Create that heartfelt wish for yourself and silently Mentally repeat it to yourself three times now. And gently lower the hand from the heart if it's there. taking another deep inhale and exhale, letting the practice go, bringing in some mindful movement, bringing your body back, and gently allowing the eyes to open easily when you feel ready. Whatever arose for you, write it on a post-it. Put it around your home. Remember it. Write it down. Remind yourself of it every day. I love that. And it's really amazing when we stop, or my experience was, is just stopping and doing that. Just in the middle of recording this, how my word came quick. Do you want to share? I will. So my statement was, may I be kind, and then I added on to the end of that, and live in ease. I love that Yay. show. So that That's was, beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, these can be works in progress. Um, my self-compassion teacher, Chris Germer, says, think of them as poetry. Hmm. You can keep going back to them and refining them if you like. I love that. Mine yeah. was, may I be healthy and slow my roll. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. I like good. that too, Molly. That's a good one. Uh-huh. Yay. That's 
That's what popped into my head, my inner voice. I like that. So you see how listening to your inner voice can be like that. Yes. Doesn't yeah. take 20 Doesn't... minutes. You're right. May I be healthy and slow my roll. You like that? And I'm li and I'm living in ease, so you know. That's right. <laughs> this is we have we're the perfect partners. That's right. Exactly. You are. You are. Oh my gosh, Lori. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your practice. It is truly so beautiful and relaxing. And Joe, thank you for all you're doing as well. I'm glad to be here, and thank you for leading us, Molly, and putting on this pod podcast for the community and our patients and absolutely and may all of our listeners be healthy happy and prosperous for this new that. year and i just want to thank you both for changing my life in we the are, best you, and most beautiful way we are so glad that you're a part of the team and hmm. working that we get to work with you and really being an extension of integris working with the community and the patients we're so glad to have you May we all be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.